0: As I've sat down to think and talk and write about the USMNT's time at this particular World Cup, I've been wondering more and more about what things are like in Qatar. There's a bunch of really well-written stories floating around the internet that give us some idea, but I wanted to actually talk to someone who's there to get their first-hand perspective. So, I called up Henry Bushnell. Henry covers soccer for Yahoo Sports, and he's one of the absolute best in the business. He's a brilliant writer and an excellent journalist, and he was kind enough to join me to talk about what things are like in Qatar right now. I'm Joe Lowry, and welcome to The Backfield Show, where we bring you unique coverage of the USMNT in just 10 minutes or less. Here at Backfield, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So we'll be in your ears every day during the U.S.'s run in Qatar with quick, informative episodes. So let's get to it and talk soccer. I'm now joined by Henry Bushnell. Henry, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me, Joe, and uh, I've been looking forward to this all day. All right. Well, (laughs) let's get to it. How difficult was it for you, Henry, to get to Qatar? And now that you're there, where are you staying? You know, it actually wasn't that difficult at all, Um, especially, you know, having done uh, the
1: past two Olympics where we had to go through some crazy processes to get to Tokyo and especially to Beijing. This one was rather simple. It took a direct flight from uh, uh, Dulles Airport outside Washington, D.C., to... To Doha here, Um, and you know, there's there's a apartment complex that various U.S. reporters are staying at. That it's interesting, you know, it's not downtown. It's kind of more so out in. It's in a part of the city that actually feels like Qatar, as opposed to this big booming international hub that Doha has become. So it's in like a you know more. Traditional area, you know, we we hear the you know, the prayer calls, and we you know see people going to going to and coming out from mosques every day. There's a bunch of different types of shops, whether it's like there's a whole block of of just like tailoring shops, I think, and and various types of food. So it's an interesting area, and it's been a cool experience so far.
0: Have you had to take extra privacy measures because I know there have been a lot of people talking about burner phones, and and I know some folks have been trying to figure out extra digital security. What has that process been like for you and, and Yahoo as well?
1: Yeah, so I have a, um, I have a burner phone, burner computer, um, all sorts of burner accounts. The only personal account I have access to is my Twitter account. And I don't know how much we need to fully get into it. We are not as willing to take on as much risk as other things just because I'm, I'm responsible for protecting a pretty massive company. But uh, but yeah, other people have been worried about that as well. I know some other people have burner phones. And it was definitely something that people thought about it.
0: It wasn't like China level precautions, but it was definitely a consideration. And can you explain to folks why are those precautions necessary in the first place for those of you that are in Qatar?
1: Yeah, it's I mean, it's a cybersecurity thing. Qatar isn't China level in terms of like cyber warfare and stuff like that. Um, but I think it's just the over the top protection, both for like hacking reasons and also for just like, you know, if 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 in some way like your laptop was stolen or your physical safety was compromised and people got access to your stuff. The company doesn't want to put the company at risk based on that. We we wanna sure. we I basically wanna have a computer that I would be fully comfortable just
0: losing um if if necessary. You talked a little bit about the atmosphere in Qatar from where you're staying I want to hear more about that. Henry, are people excited about the tournament? Are they subdued? Maybe a little bit like some of the rest of us, given all of the issues that surround this particular World Cup. What is the feeling from your perspective in Qatar right now?
1: First of all, there aren't that, at least from what I've seen, there aren't many, like not many foreign fans have come in yet. Or at least the, the day that I spent the most time exploring, talking to people around the city was the first day I was here, which was Monday. Um, so there, there, w- there wasn't that much of a, like an international atmosphere yet. Um, but that said, the city is a very international city. Um, and so our area, like there are Qataris there, but there are a lot of people from India, from East Africa. People are, it, it's, it's, it's tough to tell whether people are genuinely excited for the World Cup or they feel like they're supposed to be excited. Um, like they're they're very the, the people that I've interacted with are for the most part very welcoming. Not many seem to actually know much about soccer. Like you ask them who they're, uh, and it's interesting because you know a lot of the migrants aren't actually they're not rooting for Qatar. And uh, you know a lot of people from India or Nepal or Bangladesh, where they don't really have like a strong international soccer team, they adopt teams like brazil or argentina or portugal or something like that so they'll they'll tell you that those are their favorite teams but you know the few i've talked to don't really know many players beyond like cristiano ronaldo uh for example so i'd say there's definitely like somewhat of a buzz but then i think we also have to not acknowledge that there's a part of there's a part of qatar that you know we, we're not suppo- the, the Qatari government doesn't want us to see and that's like you know the labor camps on the outskirts of the city which make up a bigger proportion of the qatari population than you would realize just like being in and around where we are right now and certainly if you were were downtown so it's a very like complicated city there are all sorts of contrasts there's a ton of inequality which you can just like see with your own eyes, even without talking to people and, and just, you know, with some of the research I've done. So yeah, overall, it's a, it's been, it's, it's a really interesting place having, you know, I've I've only been there for five days, obviously, but, um, it's, it's super interesting.
0: So I've read several places that construction for a lot of the infrastructure around the world cup to actually equip this tournament to happen. is still unfinished. Henry, do you think the country is equipped to deal with the number of people that are going to be inside its borders during this tournament? I mean, that's the big question. Nobody knows. Most most
1: physical infrastructure is finished, from what I've seen. You you see construction everywhere, but a lot of it has either been paused or is just, like, not really related to the tournament. I've definitely—I've seen story—I haven't seen anything with my own eyes that's, like, integral to the tournament that's unfinished. I've seen some stories about that, but I think most of the stuff is done, but— We still just have no idea. You know, they've never handled this many people before. It's one thing to finish constructing a fan village or have a cruise ship hotel ready for people. But it's another thing to actually have the metro station accommodating thousands and thousands of fans on a game day. And by the way, like, it's not just thousands and thousands of fans going to one game, like, it's going to be four games a day. And, you know, they've obviously planned it in a way to try to reduce congestion, but there are going to be fans going to multiple games taking the same metro line on the same day. Obviously, you know, the organizers have done a lot of scenario planning ahead of time but you can't really do that until you do it and they there was no there's no way to do a full test dry run for a world cup so
0: yeah we'll see that's our rundown on Qatar right now henry thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate it before i let you go tell us where people can find your work
1: well temporarily i guess at henry bushnell on twitter we have no idea really what's going on with twitter right now um I don't even know what my handle on Mastodon is, but I'm on Mastodon if that's how you even say that new social site. And more importantly, just at, at Yahoo Sports on the website, you can find my author page, and uh, that's where everything is. A lot of stuff already is, and a lot of stuff will be over the coming month.
0: There will be a link to follow Henry in the show notes. That's it for this episode of The Back Heeled Show. If you're looking for more American soccer coverage, check out Backheel.com for stories on the USMNT, the World Cup, and much, much more. We'll talk to you soon.